0: Second Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter four, and verse six. I just, I'm not going to get real deep this morning. I'm not going to you know do a whole lot of teaching or anything. I'm just going to kind of preach at you and try to motivate you a little bit this morning. And I'm going to most of these verses we're going to look at very well-known passages of scripture. But I think it's just some things that we need to hear. Some things that have been on my heart that uh, I've been, I guess, using a lot of these scriptures to motivate myself, and I want to pass this on to you. But 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, very well known passage said Paul's talking says for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only but unto all them also that love His appearing. I mean, Notice those words of Paul there. i finished my course. I've kept the faith. And he talked about that crown of righteousness that was waiting for him. And I'd like to think that everybody in here would like to be able to say the same thing at the end of their life. I think they would like to get that crown of righteousness one day when they stand before God. I think everyone in here would like to have that, wouldn't you? I think most people, you'd like to have some rewards when you get to heaven. I think most everybody in here, when you stand before Jesus Christ one day, you want to hear him say the words, Well done. I think most people in here today would like to see God do some great things even here on this earth. I think most people in here, if I asked, you know, which of you in here would like to be used of God in a great way, you know, hopefully you'd, you'd raise your hand and that would be you. And, but at the same time though a lot of times when we get comes right down to it many times people they can't say I I don't know if I'm fighting a good fight. I don't know if I'll get the crown of righteousness. I really don't know if the Lord will say well done. And I guess my question to you today is what's holding you back? I talked to a Jehovah's Witness one time stopped by my house. And we got you know we got to discussing some things. And I brought up the whole 144,000 thing. Now you all believe there's like 144,000 going to heaven, right? You know, and, and you know, and I said, so are these basically like the best of the Christians or whatever? You know, the, the best of you, you know, the top 144,000. You know, and he, you know and he said yes, and and I asked him. I said, do you think that you're one of the 144,000? And you know. I think he knew I was trying to trap him, but I don't think he knew how I was trapping trapping him. And he, in great humility, said, no, I'm probably not. And then I said, so what's holding you back? I said, why not? Why aren't you one of the 144,000? I said, if you believe there's a top 144,000, I said, why don't you think you're one of them? I said, what do you have to do to get in the top 144,000? You know, and if... You know what it is. Why aren't you doing it? And I just kind—I of, just kind of started preaching about was own religion. You know what's wrong with you? You don't think you're one of the 144,000. And a lot of times with us, it's like we—we we become the same way. You know, hey, do you think if I was to ask you, are you a great Christian? No, probably not. My question: Why not? Why are you not a great Christian? Listen, I talked to a guy here in town one time before we started the church. I'm knocking doors. And this guy answers the door. And boy, he just let me have it because I wasn't Catholic. He was Catholic and I was Baptist. And so no, I cannot be a part of your service. And he said "And you know what? You have no idea what it's like to be a wonderful Catholic and live in an area like this surrounded by a bunch of tattooed infidels. And then he closed the door on me. You know what? He was able to say, I'm a wonderful Catholic. I mean, I guarantee you, if I ask that guy, are you going to heaven? Yeah, I'm going to heaven. I've worked my way to heaven. I mean, are you a good Catholic? Oh, yes, I'm a wonderful Catholic. Okay? Now, you and I know (laughs) he's a sinner on his way to hell. Okay? But at the same time, why can't we say we are a good Christian? Why can't we say that, you know, God, that we are, going to be used of God why can't we claim those things? what's holding us back? What's hindering us from doing great things for God? If I ask you do you think you're going to get that crown of righteousness? Have you fought a good fight? you know a lot of times it's like we're trying to be humble you know and you know, I don't want to say yes because then I'll look proud so I say no but listen there is no excuse for us not to get that crown of righteousness. There is no excuse for us not to be used of God in a great way. There is no excuse for us, us in here, to not be the best Christians in the Sterling Rock Falls area. There is no excuse for us in here to not be the best Christians in the whole world. There is no excuse for us not to be the best church in the whole world. There is no excuse, is there? But yet we do have excuses sometimes, don't we? And in the Bible we see many times people had excuses, and just quickly I'm going to go to some verses you can follow along if you want. But Galatians chapter 5, 7, we see Paul he makes a statement in there. He says, Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And he was talking you know, we're not going to go into all that he was talking about, but they had they were doing good doctrinally. They were keeping some things out that were trying to get in, and they were they were running well. But Something stopped him, and notice how he says, "You know, who did hinder you?" Maybe he's asking a question. You know, who did you allow to bring the false doctrine in the church? You know, who stopped you? Who was it when I, you know, when I left, y'all, y'all were doing good, you were running well, but something's changed. Who did hinder you? My question is, you know, what what's holding you back? And it, is it a person? Is it a person that's stopping you? You know, is it? Is it Pastor Tommy? Am I not preaching hard enough? Am I not Am I not laying out the truth clear enough? Am I not yelling loud enough? Am I not preaching at all? You know, is it me? Because the truth is, if it is me, you shouldn't let me hinder you from being the best Christian in all of the world. You shouldn't let me stop you from doing those things. We're not supposed to let anybody stop us from being the best Christian possible. Is it somebody... You know, maybe is, is it a family member? Is it a coworker? Who is it? Is it somebody that's stopping you from being the best Christian possible? Is it a close friend that you have? Do you have a friend that's keeping you out of the will of God? Do you have a friend that's keeping you down. Do you have a friend that's leading you astray? Is it somebody maybe, maybe is it one of these TV preachers? Are they messing with your mind? Are they messing up your doctrine and keeping you from being the best Christian possible? Is it somebody you're talking to on the Internet? I mean, who is it? Because the truth is, people hinder other people from serving God all the time, don't they? And there's many people that Paul mentioned as being problems in the church. People sometimes that he mentioned by name. You know, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. It sounds real nice, but when you think about it, wait a minute, that's kind of a curse that he just put on him right there. And many times people get led astray, they get led away from God by people. And I guess I'm just throwing some ideas out there for you because I don't you know, I think most of us in here, if I ask you who thinks you're the best Christian in the world, I don't think any of us would raise our hands. <laughs> but and I'm not saying you should raise your hand, but at the same time, if we're not, why? What is it that's stopping us? What's our excuse? And many times it's a person with somebody. It's sad how many people did it's sad how many preachers I know that are going the wrong direction because maybe it's who they're reading after. You know, what books do you read? You know, what is it that you're watching? You know, is it people on the television? Are you letting the news media win you over? Are you letting their brain dead mind control stuff just suck, just suck you in? Are you letting them dumb you down? Listen, every time I think about getting television, alright, you know, the Cubs are in the playoffs right now. I wish I could watch it, okay? I mean, if they go to the World Series, I mean, this is a once in you know a century thing. I I would like to see that, but you know what? We were just on a vacation here recently, and you know, we're we had the television on in the hotel, and I'm telling you, the stuff that is on there is so Ridiculous! It's not even funny. I'm, you know, people think Disney wonderful, innocent. The Disney Channel. I'm telling you, I would watch just just to get myself aggravated. That stuff is so ridiculously brain dead and dumb. And you wonder why kids are so dumb these days. And you see what kids are spending hours watching. And you know what? I get it. I after watching Disney Channel, I get it. If your kids having problems in school and just having problems learning. You know what? One of the first questions you ought to ask a kid if they're struggling: Are you watching the Disney Channel? Because I'm telling you right now, I am sucking the brains right out of kids. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. Ed stuff is ridiculous. The way it's dumbing people down, and people they watch, you know, television and news media all the time, and I think that's playing a huge part into where our society's going. And you can fill your mind with that junk, but we've got to stop letting people, okay? And I'm, you know, this should be obvious, but it's like people are just blind to it. The news media, the TV stations, they have an agenda, okay? And they are literally trying to shape our minds into thinking things that we shouldn't think, to think things are normal that aren't normal, to think things are good that are not good. And people are falling for it. And you know what? We've got to stop doing that. We've got to stop letting them. And man, I. I see that stuff and just boy, that week on vacation seeing a little bit of the Disney Channel I saw, and it's, apparently that's one of the better stations for kids as far as cleanliness and stuff. And I'm just like, forget it. I, I am not raising that. <laughs> my, my kids will not act like that. But you know what? If they watch it all the time, they will. They'll start picking up on it. They'll start, My boys will want to start dressing like the little sweet boys they had on there. And it's, just, it's not happening at my house. I'm not going to let those people hinder me and my family from doing the right thing. But many people are. And we've got to watch it. You know, we, you know, I think we know better than to listen to people over God. But we do listen to people over God, don't we? Acts chapter 5, verse 28. I love this verse saying, Did we not straightly command you that ye should not teach in His name? This is, our, this is the disciples rebelling against the government at that time. It says, Behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. They were blaming the Jews for being the ones to put Jesus to death. And then verse 29, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. I love that verse. We ought to obey God rather than men. They were blaming those in leadership with... A lot of the problem's going on. Being obedient. Because they they were influencing the people away from listening to the disciples and the preaching that they had. And they told them, you are not allowed to do this. This is against the rules, against the laws. And we ought to obey God rather than men. We all know that verse. We know better than that. But we let people stop us from being good Christians all the time. And people are no excuse the government has no excuse i don't care what laws the government makes we still have no excuse to not be a good christian look what they were doing in their time but they still were good christians they filled jerusalem with their doctrine something that was technically illegal and look what look what they accomplished they were great christians they didn't let people stop them so maybe it's not people but maybe it's your is it your priorities it, Philippians chapter 3, 14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul was focused on that high calling. I want to be the best Christian possible. That was his goal. That was his desire. That was his motivation. That was his priority in life. He had a goal. He had something that he wanted to accomplish, and it was that high calling. And many times, I'm afraid, we let other things get in the way of that high calling you know are you right where God wants you to be right now are you doing exactly what he wants you to do are you striving for that high calling or are you distracted by other goals and I'm not against having goals if maybe it's your goal I want to get my bank account up to a certain amount you know hey go for it all right but let me tell you don't let that get in the way of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus I'm not saying be a good Christian you have to be poor. I wish that did mean you're a good Christian. I could do a lot of bragging, but that doesn't necessarily that doesn't mean anything. Okay, but many times though we will let you know you can you can have some of those goals and things as long as you don't let it interfere with the high calling. Hey, you want to get a certain house or drive a certain car? Go for that. But you know what? Don't get out of the will of God for those things. You know don't. Lay out of church so you can accomplish those goals. You know, don't stop giving of your tithes and offerings so you can reach those other goals. Those are side things. If you want to go for them, hey, you delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart, okay? But always make those things lower on the priority list. And many people, they sacrifice that high calling. They're not going to be able to say they fought a good fight because they were too busy fighting for other things. Fighting for maybe a position, fighting that they didn't really need. Fighting for just a few extra bucks, you know, fighting for those things that are just going to burn one of these days. You know how many? You know, I guarantee you. You know, I I can't prove this or anything, but you know, I guarantee if you went out to the junkyard and you looked at all those cars out there that nobody wants, there's probably some cars all smashed up out there that somebody missed the high calling of God for that car. Somebody they got out of the will of God just so they can have that car. Just so they could impress people who don't care. People, they get their priorities messed up all the time. It's very easy. And I think you and I, we ought to know better than that. Our priorities should be okay. I think we all know we're supposed to put God first. okay? Others second. Me last. I think we know that kind of stuff here. But yet, priorities get in the way All the time. And I don't I think we ought to know better. So is it your priorities? Is it a weight that's stopping you? Look at Hebrews chapter twelve and verse one. Hebrews chapter twelve and verse one says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, okay? Notice it mentions the weight and the sin, okay? Now, we'll talk about sin in a little bit, but notice the weight, alright? Many times there are things that we let weigh us down, okay? If you are going to go run in a marathon, you are not going, you're going to get rid of any extra weight you can get rid of. If you are going to run, as, I mean, think about it, as attached as people are to their cell phones today. Okay? I mean, people can't do anything without their cell phones. But you know what? If you went to watch a marathon, the Chicago Marathon, and there's hundreds of people running, I can promise you, not one of those people are going to have a cell phone on them. You know why? It's an extra weight. They're going to get rid of any anything that could slow them down and keep them from running the best race possible. They are going to get rid of that weight. And you know what? There's things that we allow in our lives that aren't bad but they weigh us down they're not they they don't violate anything in the bible they're not a sin but yet they weigh us down to where we can't do the things that we probably should be doing we can't be the best christians possible hey you know i love sports but if i'm like, you know if i'm one of these people that don't have time to read my bible cuz i'm too busy watching sports now that sports is a problem isn't it that forces has become. Oh wait, it's amazing how many people. It's like they think they're so important. They'll try. Oh, I don't have time to read my Bible. Really, you're that busy. I mean, you're you're so important. You've got so many important things to do that you can't even give God a little bit of time. You can't even get in His book. You're that important. You know, I'll admit I'm not that important. My things that I had to do aren't that so important. I that I just cannot read my Bible sorry I, I can't do that I'm too busy I'm too important I'm not so important I'm not so busy that I just can't make it to church Sorry too busy can't get to the house of God because I you don't have no idea how busy I am you know I've got you know I, I've got soccer games to go to I've got you know TV to watch I got a, I got radio shows to listen to you know, I, I, I've got community service. I'm gonna do. You know, I gotta go to the the homeless shelter and you know feed people their soup because they can't feed themselves their soup. And you know I gotta. Uh, you know, and I'm not against doing stuff, but it's amazing all the things that we get caught up in to where we can't do things that God has commanded us to do. And we make all these excuses, and we will allow all the things that aren't bad. Hey, I, I don't know if we have any golfers in here. I hope you, you know. I, I think golfing's fun, but. If you can't do the things that God has commanded you to do because you're too busy playing golf, then that golf is now a problem. If you can't come to church because Sunday's your only day to go golfing, I'm sorry, golfing has become a huge hindrance in your life and you are no longer in the will of God because of golf. It's become a weight and if we're going to be the best Christian possible, sometimes we have to lay those things aside. You, it's got to lay it aside. You're gonna, you're gonna have to give up some things. I know we're Americans, and we don't think we should have to give up anything. We think as Americans, we should be able to have what everyone else has. And I tell you what, boy, I, I can't wait until you know either Bernie Sanders or Hillary gets elected. Did you hear all the stuff they're promising to give away after they become president? I mean, man, I didn't realize the government had all these things to just give away. I don't know where they're gonna get it from, you know. But I, I, boy, they're just, they're gonna give me everything all them dirty rotten rich people that have more than I do. I didn't realize that was my stuff they had and they owe me. I mean, I'm being sarcastic now, folks. But I mean, <laughs> it's just it's that's our mentality. We should be we should not be denied anything. But you know what? I you know, I, I don't want to just get up here and talk about myself and you know try to sing the blues, but you know there's things that I have done without so I could pastor a church, you know? I, I don't like I I don't want to talk about those things, but at the same time, I could, if I wanted to, I could tell you about some things that I've sacrificed and make you feel sorry for me. But let me tell you something, that would be foolish, because you know what the Apostle Paul did? He said, I suffer the loss of all things. He had more than I ever had that he gave up. You know what he called those things? He said, I count them but dumb. Okay, so I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna do that. It would be wrong, it would be foolish for me to do that. But as far as Earthly speaking, it would be easy for me to do that to you, but it would be wrong. And those things were no excuse. I didn't sacrifice anything of importance by becoming a pastor. I am not currently sacrificing anything of any importance, of any eternal value by becoming a pastor. Okay, Maybe you know, maybe if I would have went in another line of work, maybe I could have a better vehicle. But, is that Is that better than the high calling of God? Maybe I could have a bigger, nicer house. Maybe. maybe, I don't know. I know I could do a lot more stuff if I quit tithing. But is that what God wants? I'm going to miss the high calling of God if I do that. Not worth it, but yet we will let those things weigh us down. I live right by the river. I should have a boat. I deserve a boat. I'm an American. and it should be a nice one too. It goes really fast, I don't know. but I don't have one. I I go to Bass Pro Shop whenever I can. I always go look at the boats, and I've seen the monthly payments on those things. And you know what? And I'm not trying to talk about myself again, but what I give, all right, if I quit giving, I can make those payments. I could quit giving to this church, and I could have a nice boat. But that would be foolish, wouldn't it? that it's not worth it and that boat would now become a weight and with the way God works with me as one of his children I would probably wreck it and die and drown or drown if I did so I'm not going to do that I, I'm telling you right now i I have no doubt if I quit giving so I could buy a boat I am going to get killed on that boat I believe that with all my heart I'd be too scared to take it out I, I really I really would so I'm not going to do it because I've been tempted a couple times, but not, I got over it real quick because I, I, I think I think I'd be done for. So, you know, wait, we need to lay those aside, but we get our priorities mixed up, you know, and we're not the best Christians. So, is it is it a wait with you, or look at First Corinthians chapter two or one? 1 Corinthians chapter one. Is it your weaknesses? Okay. Well, I'm not a very good Christian. I'm not the best Christian in the world because you know I'm just I'm not this. I'm not that. I I don't have any I don't have any personality. I've got this physical problem. I've got you know we've all got excuses. Okay. We've all got excuses. But first, bringing up your physical excuses. That God is not pleased with that. Y'all remember Moses when he God spoke to him at the burning bush. And he told him, "I want you." He's like, "I am going to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. I need you to basically be my mouthpiece." Oh Lord, I'm slow of speech. I. Who made man's mouth? I mean, God and he, Moses kept talking about himself and his problems. Hey Aaron, my brother Aaron, got... God kept getting angry. At... He was getting mad at Moses. It's not you. It's me that's doing this. It was God that delivered them, the children of Israel. It was not Moses. But God wanted to use Moses, who probably was a poor choice as far as we're concerned. Who I think wasn't lying to God when He talked about His problems. And many times, we'll bring up our weaknesses and our inabilities, and we'll use that as excuses and say, you know, I can't do this for God. I can't do that because of whatever. I'm sorry. God's not buying it. Because... If God's calling you to do something, it's not you doing the work, is it? It's God doing the work. And He just wants to use you. And it just so happens that God chooses things with weaknesses. He chooses the foolish things. First Corinthians one twenty-six. For ye see your calling, brethren, that not many wise men after the flesh. I'm not very smart. I couldn't teach a Sunday school class. I could never preach a sermon. I could never pastor a church because I'm not very smart. Well, God chooses the foolish things. Of the world, or not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty. I'm not strong enough, I'm weak, I'm old, I'm frail. Not many mighty, not many noble. I'm just not that great. I've had a lot of problems, I've had a lot of failures in the past. Not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things. Other oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm on the bottom of the barrel. Listen, I am, I am on the bottom of the, you know, the everything. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole in the church. I'm the least esteemed in the church. I'm the least esteemed in my community. I mean, I am on, I am just the bottom of everything. I got picked last for everything when I was in school. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm a failure. God chooses the base things. Those are on the bottom, okay? And <laughs> if if we were to make a popularity list in here you know who's the most popular person in the church you know from, from, that would be a terrible thing to do but if we did you know whoever we voted on the bottom is probably the one that God could use the most and who God wants to use i would be the one on the bottom well then you're probably the one that God wants to use you're the one that he can use he chooses those the base things of the world and things which are despised people don't like me Has God chosen? Yea, things which are not to bring to naught, things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. You know how many people? Why aren't you the best Christian? Why aren't you the best Christian in the church? Why aren't you the best Christian in the world? They 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 talk about themselves as though I can't. I have this disability, therefore I am exempt from all service to God. You know, I'm not that smart. I mean I flunked out of school. I did the third grade four times. I mean I did you know just, I mean I can't do it. I've got this problem. I've got these health problems. And listen, I I can guarantee you that that might make some things harder. But those are the ones that God usually uses in the greatest way. That why? So no flesh should glory in his presence. If somebody, you know, that person in your school that's got the high IQ, that's the smartest, the most charismatic, the most athletic, that's just got it all, everybody expects them to do something great. And they might go and do something great, but guess who's going to get the glory for that? They are. Because look how smart they are. Look at how much ability they have. And God wants to be glorified. And so you can talk about all your problems, all that you want, but understand that that is what qualifies you. To be used of God, that's what qualifies you to be the best Christian in the world. So, is it a person that's holding you back? Is it your priorities? Is it is it a weight or a sin? Is it your weaknesses? Or maybe this is what it really is, and this is probably what it is. If for... I think this has got to be what it is for all of us, you know, I I don't, I don't think I'm the best Christian in the world. And I, and I don't have any excuse for that. And I think probably what maybe is, if we were honest and we said what our real excuse is, because when you think about that, you know, the best Christian in the world, the you really expect any of us in here to be the best Christian in the world, you you really expect that? Yeah, I, I actually I can't find anything in the Bible that disqualifies me or any of us in here from being the best Christian in the world. Okay? But yet many of us aren't going to be the best Christian in the world. And there's one excuse I think that's the reason for that. Go to Matthew chapter 13 verse 54. So many great opportunities have been missed as a result of this. Very thing Jesus he came to his own city in Nazareth and when he came into his own in verse 54 his own country he taught them in their synagogues, in so much that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Are not his mother Mary, is not not his mother called Mary, and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Unbelief? You don't believe that you can be the best Christian. And you say it's because of yourself, but listen, it's not an unbelief in us, it's an unbelief in God. Okay, we, I think you ought to understand just after these verses that we read that if you do anything great as a Christian, if you become a great Christian, it's God that gets the glory for that, isn't it? If we are going to be the best church in the world... Okay. it's it's going to be because of God not because of us yeah we aren't the sharpest knives in the drawer you know you know we're not the you know sometimes they'll look at us and they you know we are a few fries short of a happy meal around here you know where i mean we're we got some problems you know we got some issues you know, we're, we're an interesting bunch but but we serve a great god don't we We serve a God that can use people like us. That, I mean, that can take a small group like this and do something incredible. That's the kind of God that we serve. And if He doesn't do it, it's not because of God. It's going to be because of us, isn't it? Jesus didn't do many mighty works in Nazareth. Was it because Jesus didn't have the power? No, it was because of their unbelief. And when I see that verse... He did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. That that verse uh, it it jumps out to me because I believe if we don't see many mighty works here, it will be because of our unbelief. I think that's I think that's the only thing holding us back is unbelief. And you know what? There is no excuse for unbelief with this group. Are you saved today? If you're saved, if you believe God can take your sinful, sorry soul and save it, you think He can't use you to win someone else to Christ? You think He can't use you to make a difference in people's life? He can't use us to make a difference in this community, you think He can't do that? We have no excuse for that. Do you believe the stories in the Bible? Do you believe He parted the Red Sea? Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? Do you believe He was born of a virgin? I mean, if He was able to do all those things, raise people from the dead, I think He can take a group of people like us with our collection of issues that we have and do some great things with it. And so, the question I just want to ask you is, what's holding you back? Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says, Call unto Me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Are we not calling? If we're not calling, it's probably because we don't think He'll do anything. If you all thought I would give you a million dollars if you asked, you would ask. But nobody's asked because they don't think I will. And nobody's and many times people aren't asking God for blessings because they don't think He'll answer it. Why? He commanded us to call. He commanded us to ask. Oh, that's for the Jews. I am just getting so sick of that excuse for not obeying the Bible. That doesn't apply to us. That's for the... no. That applies to us too. We are His people. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Will shall forgive their sins and will heal their land. Okay. That applies to us too. I think we don't call because we just don't believe sometimes. And there is no excuse for us not to believe God. And I want you to think about that this week. Am I, am I a great Christian? Am I doing great things for God? And if your answer is no, why? There's no excuse. Except maybe you just don't believe God can use you. Well, why don't you start believing that God can use you and He'll do some great things. I have a couple of ideas, some challenges that I'm planning on rolling out for the next year, some goals that I, I think are pretty big. But I was thinking about this week. I was like, you know, that's not, it's not that big. It'll probably, see, it might seem that way to us, but you know, I, I think we should be challenging ourselves as individuals. We should be challenging ourselves as a church because. Don't we believe we have a great God that can do great things? So, why don't we just start asking for some of those things? Why don't we start getting specific and saying, Lord, why don't, you know, Lord, we want to see this happen in our church. Lord, we want to accomplish this this year. And, Lord, we can't do this by ourselves, but I want to. Do my part, and Lord, I want you to take and multiply. You know, I'm going to tell you one of the things that, that I want to do. One of my goals for next year, I want to see if next year we can pay this whole building off. Okay, uh, it's, it's a pretty good size number. That's a, that's a challenge. Okay, now uh, we don't have that kind of money. I don't have, Okay, so why don't we do what we can? Why don't we go ahead and ask ourselves, you know, let's, let's do this, you know, as an individual. I'm going to give this much extra every month to go towards a mortgage. That's all I can do, but just do that and see if God multiplies it. You know, Lord, we're going to do everything we can and then we're going to watch you do the rest. And you know what? Us, we can't do that here. I'll tell you right now, we don't have it in us to do it. But with God's help, that's not a problem at all. But I think we need to ask for it. And so I hope you will start asking for some things. Lord, I want I want to accomplish this as a Christian. Lord, I want to do this. I and and then just do what you can and ask God to multiply it. He can do it. Okay? It's not you know Paul wasn't great because Paul, he was great because of God. Do we not serve the same God that he does? Do we believe that God's a respecter of person? Oh, God was able, you know, God used him because he was Paul. He wouldn't do that with me. I think he would if we let him. I think the difference between Paul and us is Paul let God have his way with him where we want too much for ourselves and get in the way. And so, with that, I want us to all stand together right now.